first of all, a happy start to the college basketball season to you. Now, if you're a Liberty Flames football fan and a JMU Dukes football fan, you don't necessarily feel like you're ready to look ahead to basketball season. Tough day for JMU football. We'll, nope. get, we'll get that with Shane. Yes, we will. Shane Metlin around 545 today, part two of covering the Commonwealth. Uh, rough day for them. Uh, big injury news as uh, that happened to them, and we'll get to that later. But they rolled over the weekend, as did the Liberty Flames. Meanwhile, Virginia, after a great victory at North Carolina and a moral victory at Miami, boy, they came crashing down to earth. And I get it, Tony Musket getting injured early in the game didn't help, but there were other issues that popped up for Virginia. Meanwhile, Virginia Tech, you know, this is kind of the direction I was trending in our votes of confidence last week, and I honestly don't think it was a banner week. We don't have our official records yet. Trey and I will get to those probably tomorrow or Wednesday when we keep receipts. Kind of a full review of the weekend and what took place. And gosh, there are a lot of storylines that came out of this. But for Virginia Tech, you know, whether it's them or Virginia... I think you're starting to look... Based off early looks, you might have done better than me. You might have gotten your lead back. Well, we'll find out later. I'm not worried about that now. But even Liberty in their victory, which was great... I mean, we should all be so fortunate to have teams like Liberty where you win what, 56 to 30, and yet you've got a coaching staff that's nitpicking areas that you could just be better, which is not unheard of. But they all kind of fit the description. Tech, UVA on the losing end. Liberty and JMU on the winning end. Of that old Dennis Green, God rest his soul, the former Cardinals and Minnesota Vikings coach, that soundbite that everyone loves to use, which we're going to just give our own impression because we're not going to be the 3,800th sports media outlet to go, they are who we thought they were. But that's kind of where they are right now. I mean, look, Trey, we're two-thirds of the way. Heck, we're three-quarters of the way through the college football season. A lot of these teams have played eight to nine games out of a 12-game slate. So, yeah, about two-thirds to three-quarters of the way through, depending on how many games teams have played, whether they've had a bye week or not. We have an idea of what the identity of these teams is. And in a losing effort for Virginia, let's not forget that for Virginia Tech, part of what we've said has been a step forward for them this year is not making the ACC championship game, which now is a virtual impossibility with the loss to Louisville. Which we both thought wouldn't happen. Which we both thought would happen. Trey and I were differed in how we thought that Virginia Tech would lose this game. I thought they'd keep it close. I did (laughs) not. A little. I didn't. And confirmation bias came from this call from your guy, Professor Bill Roth, to you, Trey, as Louisville, with a 7-0 lead, did this. Tailback on first down. That is Garendo. And he runs up the middle. Huge hole. Gets to the 20, to the 10. And he'll go into the end zone untouched. 39-yard run for Isaac Garendo, who was the star of that drive for Louisville as the Cardinals march down the field in a hurry. That's Professor Bill Roth to you, Trey, on the Virginia Talk Station, the Virginia's Talk Station app, and of course the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3. Because Virginia Tech fell down 7-0. But the 14 to nothing touchdown, the Garendo one that he ran, as Bill Roth so eloquently stated, untouched up the middle, it's, oh no, here we go again. Oh no, Tech's on the road, and just like we saw at Florida State, I'll give you a pass because that's the top five team, but at Marshall and before that at Rutgers, you're giving up runs to running backs where they're going untouched up the middle for a touchdown. 
And that's the Virginia Tech team that I thought we would get. Because Virginia Tech, to their credit this year, they have started to beat teams that are beatable in the ACC and beatable in college football. Wake, down year by their standards. Syracuse, sorry to the Syracuse media mafia, but let's be real here. They're, they have been trending that they, way. They with might Dino be making Babers. a coaching change. You know, it might be former head coach Dino Babers. And even in Virginia Tech's victory against Pitt, this is not a banner Pat Narduzzi Pitt Panther team that doesn't have the talent that he wants, as he was willing to admit, probably erroneously, after they were shellacked 59-7 to at Notre Dame, and he basically called the team out. Virginia Tech beat all three of those teams plus Old Dominion. And they've still got winnable games left on the schedule. Boston College away. It was a four-point favor to open up. Wisely has come down to two and a half. At least that's what I saw yesterday. Even two in some spots. Which, again, I think is wise because BC is winnable. NC State at home. I know the Pack have a great defense, but their offense is a mess. That's a winnable game. And Virginia on the road in what's basically Charlotte's uh, Blacksburg Northeast when they go to Charlottesville is a winnable game. But Louisville is a much better team and program than Virginia Tech right now. And yes, Louisville's in the first year of their head coach, but they have never been devoid of talent the way Virginia Tech has. And they've got a great offensive-minded head coach. Yeah, they had... And Jeff Brom, who did wonderful things at Louisville. Proven head coach, came to Louisville. Uh, You're rarely going to get that for a place like Louisville. He's a better coach than Pry at this point. He's a better coach than Scott Satterfield was. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the... You could argue he's the best coach in the ACC. Uh, I I don't think... You can't say... Like this year, but like Dabo's Dabo. He's at coach of the year material. Which, are you buying stock in Dabo? I know we're going off topic No, no, not yet. I I need to see more on that. He says, buy now. Buy now. Well, of course. You know, like those messages we get before the show. Yes, indeed. Those great messages. I wonder if there's... uh, My guy, call the recorded hotline for the hot a pick Tyler, of the day. A Tyler from, uh, uh, what is it, Spark- Sparksburg? Well, there's Tyler from Spartanburg, and Spartanburg. then there's that guy that we hear, John or whoever it is, from clearly Brooklyn or Bronx or Queens or Staten Island or somewhere up there. Don't they all kind of sound the same to uh, some of us out there? But anyway, Virginia Tech, they lost 14-0, and it unfolded about the way that we thought it would unfold for them. And in part, it's Virginia Tech having issues. From penalties to sloppy play to inconsistent performances defensively, especially early in the game when Tech needed their defense to settle in and that side of the ball couldn't. And they kind of settled in in the midpoint of the game, but the offense never got it together. Hadn't this been who Virginia Tech is for most of the year? At least in higher leverage moments against better teams. Rutgers, they are bull bound. They have six wins and gave Ohio State a lot of fits this past Saturday before losing by 19. Louisville, they're obviously a bowl-bound team. They may make it, probably will make it. They'll be the Orange Bowl team. Louisville will get to the ACC championship game because they have to beat either Virginia or Miami, and they're going to beat Virginia this coming Thursday to end that debate. And if not, Louisville's they'll beat Miami. Out. I'm just telling you, they're going to be a one-loss team playing Florida State in the ACC well, title they game. May lose, Book it. They may lose to Kentucky in no. the regular season finale. Have you finale. watched Kentucky? Yeah, this is kind of the year where they, uh, where Mark Stoops may be in the uh, checkout line at Kroger Field, like many of his fans seem to be right now. But anyway, well, Trey, that's because he's heading to East Lansing. Yes, where they can, uh, he can reset the clock on his career. But or that point aside, Trey, Iowa. Trey, I mean, he could head home to Iowa. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe. But let's not get sidetracked on that. Virginia Tech showed who we thought they were. When they're playing bad teams, they overwhelm them and perform. But there's still something missing against better teams. From coaching to players, and truthfully, it's probably a combination of all of that right now. Step forward, yes, but not drastic leaps forward like many have expected. And then the Virginia Cavaliers. And people will point to the fact that the injury to Tony Musket 
in the early going change things. Uh-uh. Not when you have a team that gives up as much as they did on the ground to Georgia Tech. Over 200 yards rushing. Over 500 yards of total offense. As Tony Elliott, to his ever-loving credit, said afterwards, turnovers weren't the issue Injuries were. You know, more on turnovers. I mean, injuries are part of the game, man. Next man up. That's 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 the mindset. So everybody's got to be ready to go. Uh, and everybody gets uh, within the two deep, gets the same amount of reps uh, from a preparation standpoint. And so it's going to be a great opportunity uh, for our guys uh, to learn and grow and say, okay, you know, where was I from a preparation standpoint? And did I, did I do everything that I needed to do? Uh, and then also as coaches, did we do everything that we needed to do to have those guys uh, ready to play? But turnovers are, are more of an impact than the uh, then the because um, Calandria comes in and throws a touchdown, you know, and 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 even though he had a couple mistakes, he's still you know finding a way to kind of you know uh, move the ball a little bit early on. But so I say the turnovers are more of an impact than the than the actual injuries. I think Tony Elliott, you know, to his ever loving credit, is actually pretty accurate in that assessment that it's the turnovers much more than the injuries that impacted Virginia because they turned the ball over and they made mistakes. Obviously, you got Anthony Calandria who threw an interception, you know, made a mistake there. Musket also threw an interception as one incompletion before being knocked out of the game in the first half against Georgia Tech. And then you have field goals and you have other issues. I mean, when you give up 209 yards, or excuse me, 305 yards rushing and another 209 through the air, that's a real problem if you're Virginia. I know, earth-shattering news here. But this is kind of where they've been for a good chunk of the year. Bad defense in a lot of cases, particularly when pressured and teams find a way to run on them. Quarterback play that's been inconsistent and prone to potential interceptions. Now, they played their best two games of the year against North Carolina and Miami, but the sustainability of what we've seen has been a challenge, and a lot of that goes back to preparation. And that's where Virginia is who many people thought they were, or at least that's what they showed on Saturday, because the dip in preparation, to Tony Elliott's credit, was apparent, but the challenge is... How in the world does he actually solve that problem? I wouldn't say I saw a dip, uh, but but what uh, you know we're all going to learn is I man, you got to respect every opponent, and and you, and when you when you have had some progress, then you can't just assume that it's going to happen, right? That's why we have the mentality of going one and zero every single week. Right, you got to you got to respect every opponent. You got to respect every single rep. You got to respect every single day uh, of preparation uh, because the margin for error is is uh, is thin. You know, a couple of those turnovers, and it could be a different you know different situation. Uh, so dip in the in the preparation, no opportunity to grow. Right, everyone's going to have an opportunity to look in the mirror and say, okay, what can I do better? And did I, right? at all times, uh, because again, nobody's going to know fully except for the person that looks in the mirror. My big question for Virginia is how you're in this spot where preparation's an issue when you came off a one-and-one stretch. It's not like they actually won at Miami on top of North Carolina, and maybe this is on the coaching staff to a certain extent for saying, yes, we played well, but ultimately we lost, and it sounded like they did. But it is also to an extent on the players for understanding that as well as you played, that should be a springboard to want to get better. And when you play well, but you lose, I mean, it still is a loss at the end of the day. And that again goes back to the tempo and culture that people have questioned with Virginia football as far as who they are at this juncture of the year. Meanwhile, for JMU, in spite of injuries at times, in spite of the question of how in the world this team, well, we know the answer, the NCAA is archaic and in this father's knows best mentality, but how they're not eligible to play for a bowl game or the college football playoff at this rate, which well, should be Well, they could play in a bowl game. I mean, they technically can because if not enough teams at 6-6 six and six qualify. Which is looking like it. Which is looking possible. 
the JMU and Jacksonville State from Conference USA. Yes, that Jack State, the team that Liberty uh, beat a few weeks ago. They won't play in the Conference USA championship game, even though they're the number two team in CUSA. Yeah, I mean, just again, what the hell are we doing here? But that's beside the point. But to JMU's credit, as Kurt Signetti mentioned today in his midweek press conference, this was a good dominant victory. To go on the road and beat a 6-2 and two team uh, by four touchdowns, I thought we were uh, dominant really for the last two and a half quarters um, in all phases. Uh, scored five straight drives, uh, 65 yards or more, 43 minutes time of possession. You know, I've gained, uh, I've gained them about 570 to 230, 240. And uh, it was a good win. It was a good win for JMU. And look, Kurt Signetti, by rattling off those statistics in his midweek press conference, is implicitly saying, we could do a whole what he said and what he meant on this, that JMU is rolling over teams right now. And he's basically lying out the case of, we're clearly ready to make it to the college football playoff. The NCAA's archaic rules won't let us go. The bowl games, who don't have to listen to the NCAA, but for some absurd reason continue to do so, same with the college football playoff. They as well are abiding by this, but JMU's Kurt Signetti, what he said and what he meant is basically, look, we clearly are proving how good we are because we continue to dominate teams week in and week out, and we are making the case for how good we are. And again, JMU, they are who we thought they were. This is something they've been doing for the majority of the season. Meanwhile, the other team in the Commonwealth of Virginia that now is ranked, they cracked the top 25 for the first time since last year after the BYU victory before Liberty lost their last three as Hugh Freeze entered the checkout line himself with an eye toward Auburn. Uh, actually, after that Arkansas game with the eye toward Auburn around this time last year, in fact, uh, when he went up to Charlottesville, allegedly, and allegedly met with the Auburn brass who had flown, not allegedly because Flight Tracker confirms this, from Auburn to Charlottesville around this time last year. But Liberty, they are back in the top 25 poll. However, it's not as clear as you would expect. This is an entire subject on which we need more time. And I do not begrudge Jamie Chowell of Liberty at all for getting on his team, for looking as sloppy as they've been. If you want to win a conference championship, yes, you're going to be playing at home. It's an advantage. But if you want to also position yourself to make the college football playoff, and as absurd as it is, because Liberty's strength of schedule is not great and JMU's not eligible, and the JMU should be ahead of Liberty when it comes to that, Right now, they're not eligible. And right now, Liberty is in a position where they could make the college football playoff after this past weekend, which saw Air Force lose to Lane. This year, still you, mean, ahead. you mean make a New Year's Six Bowl, May, not, the, co- yeah, not yeah. the college Th- football thank playoff. Thank you, Trey. Thank you for correcting me. Yes, make a New Year's Six Bowl. There is no way they're making the college football playoff this year, nor should they. But they could make a New Year's Six Bowl. Liberty could. But here's the reality. Outside shot. Quentin Cooley in the offensive line have been a key part of a run game that has masked other areas. As Jamie Chowell mentioned somewhat directly after the win against Louisiana Tech this past Saturday. He can see one one cut, and he can make it and get vertical, right? And then he can run through an arm tackle. That's He's not obviously the, over the, the fastest guy out there, but he can he can see the cut, and he puts his foot in the ground, and he can run through any type of arm tackles. Um, you know, I, I'd love to go back and take all of his runs. It's... Uh, I don't know if he's ever really been knocked back when he's went, went through arm tackles. And so he, he, has a, he has a great knack. You know, he's a bowling ball, uh, and he runs hard, and he just – the more he goes, starts guys start bouncing off of him. He starts bouncing off and he starts wearing them down. And the O-line's doing a fantastic job. Uh, but, uh, I mean, for him being banged up, shoulder and all those different things, what do you, he rushed for 23 carries tonight. Uh, just tremendous. It was 
tremendous for Quentin Cooley, for Liberty. And again, it allows them to stay in control of a game. 602 yards of total offense. Quentin Cooley, 23 carries, a buck 79 and two touchdowns. And it, it sounds so weird to say, but kind of quiet, 180 yards rushing. I mean, again, I know that sounds weird, but it, it, it weren't these big bursts in a lot of cases. It was just constantly ripping off big run after big run because his power blew through other people. But it masked the fact that this Liberty team still... After they got the 28-10 to 10 lead, it was almost trading scores evenly with Louisiana Tech. They gave up three touchdowns, a couple of missed two-point conversions, so it, it masked what that was like. But, I mean, for Liberty, this is not the most complete team right now. And Hugh Freeze mentioned that, and he elaborated on that. In, Jamie Chadwell. Jamie Chadwell, not Hugh Freeze. Thank you, Trey. Put a dollar in the, in the, in the bucket. Yeah, you know, kidding. Uh, virtual swear jar here in the fast lane. But why he was happy for Noah Frith? who got a touchdown for Liberty this past week. Um, really good play for him. Three catches, 96 yards, and a breakaway touchdown in the second half. But why Jamie Chadwell was happy for Noah Frith, in part, underscored his overall frustration with the team and how Frith continues to battle through what is a sloppy performance at times from the Liberty offense. Noah had a great game. I was happy. Let me, I'm really happy for Noah. Noah probably leads the country in number of catches that get called back for some penalty, right? Uh, and he had a great game tonight. Touchdown, you know, for a senior, a, a fifth or sixth year senior. I think he's a sixth year senior. Uh, you might be able to tell me different. Uh, love that kid, man. And just how awesome. Did you see everybody, how happy they were for him? He works hard uh, and doesn't complain. Has to do all, you know, we ask him to block, do all these things. Doesn't complain. He got a, he got a shot tonight. I mean, I'm really happy for him. It's one of those deals where for Jamie Chadwell, he wants more guys to take on that attitude of Noah Frith. And not to say that everybody isn't, but there have been instances, oddly enough, particularly at home, where the Flames have won by large margins, but it has not been their most complete game. And it's not a bad thing for Liberty to bring that up. It's not a bad thing for Jamie Chadwell to bring that up because you're playing to a standard that is how you perform in a win. You may win 56 to 30, but if it's 56 to 10 and you give up a couple of late scores to make it 56 to 30, that's one thing. But when it's back and forth in the second half and your offense is just keeping everyone at bay and the defense really isn't doing much and you're having special teams miscues, those are areas to correct. And to, to Liberties, to be honest about them, it has not always been just on the defense and special teams. There have been games where the offense has had bouts of inconsistency and turnovers and making mistakes. And right now, Liberty's winning, but they're trying to reach a different standard for later this year if they can make a New Year's Six Bowl game and play a big-name team. The, if Like they play Troy, for example, which is a really good team out of the Sun Belt. Correct. Or next year, Jamie Chadwell, presuming he wants to be around, and it sure seems like he is invested in a long-term partnership with Liberty. But next year... Same thing. Yes, App State's on the schedule. It's a little bit different. But in a couple of years when Liberty can start scheduling up, who knows how college football will look anyway with conference realignment, but let's just pretend like it's going to stay the same for a couple of years. You start strengthening your schedule and continuing to win. You have to establish what a standard is of how you perform again and again and hold your guys to that if you're a team like Liberty. And that's where I get where Jamie Chadwell is going and why he mentioned Noah Frith, but mentioning wanting to see more guys perform just like that. Do you want a score update? 
Uh, yes, by the way, college basketball tips off this evening. Quick reminder, by the way, Liberty, Mid-Atlantic Christian on the men's side. Virginia, Tarleton State tonight on the men's ba- basketball Look, side. Exciting games. I mean, these are games that are Virginia just... Virginia Tech, Coppin State. Coppin State, by the way, a game you can hear on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. 8.30, yes. I believe, is when we go on the air for that. 7.30. 7.30. Thank you, Trey. 8 tip o'clock eight. tip. Monday Night Football will come in afterwards for that yep. thrilling Chargers-Jets game. We'll have the back half of that. But, Trey... Women's basketball for Virginia Tech Which, tonight. Give them credit. I think Tech did something creative. Obviously, this is uh, banner night for for the ladies. Their debut in the Final Four banner. It looks great. ACC championship banner. Uh, and um, can I can I jump in one more? What is the crowd like? Because they're doing it's this- packed. So they're doing the double header. So the men's game is playing. So like the student section looks pretty full. Like it's not. You know, it's packed for like and the women's team. You know, Bill Bill Roth told me. You know, when I was a professor, that, Bill Roth. Yes, they had they had a really good loyal fan base for a long time. But the students show, like to me, most importantly, seeing the students show out. I think the rest of the arena will fill somewhat. It's it's Coppin State. It's also a Monday night. Like people that you know would travel to probably a bigger game aren't going to be there. It's more about the student section, and the student section appears full, and that's really cool to see. So thirty eight fifteen Virginia Tech, and uh, Liz Kitley picking up right where she left off. Uh, best maybe one of the best players in the country. She has 14 points. She already has three rebounds. And uh, Georgia Amore is uh, you know, has nine points and six assists with three rebounds. So she could get a triple double as well. Yes, she could. Virginia Tech, they are in cruise control over High They're Point. They're playing High Opener. Point. Um, the schedule will get tougher for all these teams. Their later next this game week. is Iowa. Liberty has Charlotte on third on Liberty has Charlotte in men's basketball on Friday. Virginia has That's South Carolina. Virginia has Florida and Virginia Tech will have South Carolina. That's the triple header this coming Friday uh, from down in Charlotte. Virginia Tech, they have the Iowa Lady Hawkeyes and Caitlin Clark national runner-up last year that's a thursday game so there will be challenges on the schedule for all of these area teams but tonight is not one of those nights let's just call a spade a spade what is a night for us tonight is a night with covering the commonwealth we dump jump into that dive into that boy that was a friendly way to get into it we dive into it next you got a case the the mondays i really do my mouth is getting me in trouble so let's get back in the fast lane when we regroup after this